The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got the sun in Phoenix, too. 50. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns. I'm your co-host for today, David McGraw, alongside the ever-so-dabbing Mitch Krumpetich. Yeah, it's... It's uh four. It's four days till we're gonna be in Vegas. Five days until I'm getting married to the beautiful, beautiful Mrs. Tony, and I'm very excited about that. But uh, we got a Suns podcast to do. In the meantime, we do. I'm happy for you. <laughs> well, that's good. It'd be kind of awkward if you weren't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was all this time just waiting for you to be like, "By the way, I'm not happy." Speech. Get rid of your happiness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so on this week's <laughs> podcast, after the uh, Sam Vicente article last week talking about how the Suns were more interested in John Morant than Zion Williamson, we went through and did a big deep dive on Zion Williamson, his uh, everything that he's good at, why he would be good on the Suns, and free agent uh, targets if we drafted Zion. Now we're doing it for Ja. Pretty easy, pretty self-explanatory. You know what we're doing. Let's get to those plugs. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five star review and a comment, and you will get a shout out on the show. All right, so John Morant, point guard, Murray State. You've all seen him. He, him, and Zion Williamson are very, very, very likely going to go one and two unless something crazy happens, which it could, but. Most likely, the, those guys are going to be the top two. I want to clarify something really quick before we dive into this. One, I don't think the Suns are dumb enough to pass on Zion if we get the one pick. I think, I think we would look into trading down, possibly, but I really don't think we're going to keep the one pick and not draft Zion. Like, we're dumb, but we're not that dumb. I just want to make sure that's clear. Yeah, the Suns <laughs> are dumb and a really roughly run franchise. There is no way we're, we're not going to draft Zion Williamson, even if it is to draft Zion Williamson to trade him. Right. So, like, just that's that's what's going on. Don't think that, like, we're saying this, that if we get the one pick, we're drafting Jaw over Zion. Do not think that that's what we're saying at all. Right. But let's say we end up with the two pick and Cleveland or the Knicks get Zion. We, we could, we could end up with John Morant. We've expressed that we're very interested in him and I don't know. What do you think? How does he fit? I don't, I think there are obviously, so I absolutely think there are guards that fit better with our roster. How our roster is set up right now. We have Aiton who is, a physical specimen was not used correctly in Kakashkov's system. Obviously, we had all that go down after we recorded the podcast, and we had a beautiful, beautiful insert by you about <laughs> everything you. that was going on. Uh, um, but like, maybe not being used right. Maybe should have been, you know, coaxed into expanding his range out and seeing where that can go. We have Mikhail Bridges, who is a spacer and you know a defensive guy. We have. 
we have Booker, who's really our main thing. You would think that because we're either running with Ubre or TJ Warren, we need another shooter at the one guard. I'm not saying that Ja isn't the best shooter, but he's a little bit more... I've seen him kind of referred to as, you know, uh, like a John Wall type of guy or, you know, maybe like flashes of Dennis Smith Jr. in college. Uh, I kind of... I, I really kind of think about how De'Aaron Fox had like that really good year yeah. in Kentucky. That's kind of what I'm taller. thinking. I look at yes. I look at Morant. I like the John Wall comparison, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make a weird one. Morant is like a tall, slender Eric Bledsoe. That's how okay. I look at him. Just from okay. like the way I've seen him, like with these putback dunks and like good defense, and he may be a little bit better playmaker. I mean, not at this point, obviously, but like his ceiling as a playmaker might be a bit higher than Bledsoe. I just see him as a tall, thin Eric Bledsoe. Okay, I I like that. I think that's and I guess Jaw. I should say Jaw is not known for his defense either, <laughs> and Bledsoe Bledsoe is. Yeah, so. uh, I mean Bledsoe had the nickname Mini LeBron coming into the right. NBA and kind of his first couple of years in the NBA. Really, it kind of cooled off a little bit once he was with the Suns, but. That was his, that's what people viewed him as. That's, you know, how it kind of was. So uh, he's not going, he's not known as the biggest defensive guy. He's pretty skinny. That's why I kind of, he, I I kind of view him more as kind of in that De'Aaron Fox mold because of the fact that he has that, uh, that, um, kind of, he's that skinnier body. He's quick. He's not as muscly with, uh, you know, he's not the Bledsoe f- frame. Bledsoe has such a huge frame, right. and I think people completely forget about that. Yeah. I just talk about, like, the way that they play on offense. It seems a little similar. But I don't know. It is um, it is a little bit concerning, I think. I've seen a lot of people say, like, yeah, Jaw would be cool to have, but our defense would be so bad. But I'm just like, how can it get any worse? at this point (laughs) yeah that's that's true that is very very true like we are one of the worst defensive teams we're uh, we showed some flashes with bridges and Ubre both in yeah and Aiton kind of in these weird defensive assignments and pretty decent on the perimeter and being able to kind of guard more like fours and stuff Mm -hmm. We, we we saw some success and you know Tyler Johnson Still played really well for us, even though he got hurt and really and didn't play as much. And he's old, and his contract sucks. Older, not right. old, old. But we'll but we'll have him next year, though, most likely, because yeah. of his player option and how much money it's worth. He would not be very smart to decline that. Yeah, he would be insane to decline that player option. So, you know, I think that. We we sh- we saw some success. We saw some defensive success there. You have to still, even if Jaw is skinny and there's questions about how good of a defender he can be at the NBA level. I think, you know, th- he's been so good at Murray State. He's been so good. He's shown so much potential offensively. You know, w- distributing like all this stuff. He's shown so much potential that even if our defense falters i think 
you can try and find places to hide him and hope right. that Booker steps up or, you know, Booker doesn't really hide on defense. So you can kind of hide, like, jaw on defense because Booker isn't really ever hiding. Sure. Uh, I, I mean, I also just think, like, this guy's so explosive and athletic that it's almost a little bit like how we talked about Zion. Like, you just can't overlook that. Yeah, exactly. That that athleticism is insane. And yes, there's things where, you know, eventually guys lose that athleticism and can fall off a cliff athletically. Uh, right. yeah, Russell Westbrook is still very athletic, but he's absolutely gone slower with his knee injuries. Uh, John Wall, right. who knows what's going to happen with him. And, like, that's scary, but you're still, there's still, like, 10 years or more where the guy's just going to be you know, this insane athlete. Yeah. And he's still really young. I, I'm not really worried or looking that far into the future. I'm just looking to have a point guard that is like halfway competent. Absolutely. Absolutely. The only thing I was saying about that was because like, if he got like a big knee injury, like would he be able to come back from it? And yeah, you know, Bledsoe had a lot of knee injuries and I think that we kind of forget about that. Yeah, and he's playing his best basketball of his life right now. Yeah, and, you know, we kind of wondered if he should have, you know, gotten meniscus removed or, like, tried to, like, push back farther. But, yeah, he he went about his injuries the right way, kind of. And I think that there was a lot also with how the Suns kept him out, probably, that helped him to get healthy in the long run. Yeah, yeah, it's probably true. Here's my question, though. If it was between drafting Ja Morant or trading the, let's just say two pick in this case, trading that pick and whatever else to get an already established point guard, what would you rather have? I think it depends on the point guard. I think, I think it really... Let's say it's like a kind of good one. Say like... Okay, let me look at an example. Last week we talked about the free agent point guards. And like doing a sign and trade or stuff like there's, that. I don't want to say like Kyrie because that's obvious. Like you do that for Kyrie, like no question. But let's say like... Well, we didn't. We <laughs> we had the shot at Kyrie and it supposedly it was Bledsoe in the four pick and we said no. That's true, but now at this point. <laughs> See, I still wish we would have done that. I really do. Uh, Not that it would have actually happened, but and also oh, no, I'm pretty no, sure they I'm pretty sure Kyrie would have like left immediately, probably. But I don't know, like D'Angelo Russell, you'd probably say like yeah I'd do that for D'Angelo Russell, but someone like Malcolm Brogdon, I don't know. That's like a that's a tougher question. No, you don't. You don't do that. Yeah. I think you not for Brogdon. Not for Brogdon. You have to have like an all star guy or you know a shot at like a guy that's like young or like maybe has a bad contract or has a shot at, you know, continuing to grow. Like you have to have like that kind of shot at a guy. You have to hope that, you know, someone like that can make that jump. And that's the only way you really are trading a pick. Like, so let's say someone like you already brought up De'Aaron Fox and I'm not like the Kings aren't going to trade him or anything, but just someone like him. Let's say we call the Kings and say, hey, we'll give you the two pick. 
and like a player or two, whatever you want, basically, aside from Booker and Aiton, for De'Aaron Fox. Would you do that? Yes. Okay. I would. Um, I, I like De'Aaron Fox in general, though, so maybe I'm just jumping, but he made such a big leap from year one to year two. He has a strong work ethic, and he's ridiculously fast. Yeah. And seems to, but like, is very hungry, it seems like. It seems like he just wants to improve. He wants to be great. And that's what you want out of a guy. Like, that's absolutely what you want out of a guy. So, yeah. Yeah. I like him too. And I would probably do that. I don't, I'm just like, I'm at this point where we need someone who is established like at least two years in the league. It's almost, I almost feel like, obviously, we're not actually doing it. But it's like trying to hire someone. You know, you hear the joke of like, oh yeah, you have to have four years of experience, but right out of college, like how are you supposed to for an entry-level job? I, I don't know. I feel like we have a lot of candidates in our hiring pool right now who do have experience, and we've been choosing ones that don't. That's the story of, it seems like, the Phoenix Suns since Sarbers right. had them. I mean... Right. Steve Kerr is GM. I, uh, all of our coaches. I mean, Hornacek had college experience, but what like not NBA head coach experience. Kokoshkov had uh, overseas experience, but not NBA experience. And you know, now it's starting to seem like there is a mentality thing from a European coach perspective that it's tough for the NBA for them to jump over, but maybe that's just, you know, just recency bias between him and how Blatt handled players and stuff too. Like, yeah. McDonough, rookie GM. Now we're going back with James Jones. Like that's what we do. It's what the Suns do apparently. Yeah. It's very frustrating. It is. (laughs) It's absolutely frustrating. And now it seems like there's been so much goodwill burned that the only way that we're going to get out of the cellar is finally hitting like a grand slam on one of these rookie hires, but the top rookie hire candidates aren't going to want to come here. Right. So there's, it's just like, there's no way to win. Unfortunately, (laughs) but this isn't a soapbox about the state of the suns. This is supposed to be a soapbox on John (laughs) Morant. That's true. That's true. I like John. Okay, let's talk about this. Let's say Ja, we draft him, and that's it. We don't trade it, nothing else. He just comes in. Our roster stays intact otherwise. What does that look like for us? Well, there's still a huge hole at the power forward position unless we still think that having two small forwards, basically, at the three and four spots are the way to go, which... There was success, as we said kind of earlier on, there it, well, there was success with Bridges and, and uh, Ubre out there. But you, you, still, you still think we need some help. Our rebounding's rough. Uh, you know, big yeah. guys just kill us. Like, there has to be something. I mean, okay, as much as I love Dragon Bender, <laughs> I feel like it would be very easy to upgrade from Dragon Bender. And very, very, very difficult to get worse. <laughs> um, Even if we just upgrade 
at his spot, even just as a backup, I feel like that would help a lot. That's fair. That I mean, and that's true. There has to be some sort of help there. There has to be there has to be something. There has to be yes. something better and there's there's absolutely better options on the free agents uh free agency landscape, I'll say, that is better than Dragon Bender. And that's Dragon Bender, you know, looked all right at some points, but uh he's not a starting four in this league or no, he's not probably he's not. not even really a backup four. He probably needs to figure out a way to be a backup center. Yeah, probably. But while we're on this topic, let's just look at this list of free agent power forwards coming up. So keeping in line with we draft jaw and it just stays that way. So uh, there are some interesting names here. And some not so interesting names, but I'm gonna go through the list and I'm just gonna pick out a couple guys that I find especially interesting and see what we think. So Al Farouk Aminu is one, Jordan Bell, Kenneth Fareed, Derek Favors, Tobias Harris, Paul Millsap, Nikola Miritich, Dwight Powell, Julius Randle, Noah Vonley, Thad Young, those are some of them. Any of those tickle your fancy? So looking at this list, um, Alfred Camino, I don't think he's leaving Portland. And right. he's if he left to go anywhere, he would probably be going for uh, a spot on a better team or a playoff team. I think if he left mm. Portland, it would be to probably go to another team and like try and be like that kind of like three and D like guy, but he's pretty well liked in Portland and Portland embraces him. Him and Dame are pretty good. Yeah. And they'll probably work something out. Yeah. I, I just, I feel like Al Farouk Aminu really found his place in Portland and I don't think he leaves. Uh, I like him though. Oh, I do too. Uh, questionable past tweets, but uh, all <laughs> that aside, I, I like him, but I think he stays in Portland. Uh, Jordan Bell might be a head case, might not actually be very good, and right. might have just been people freaking out over, uh, you know, a couple of little flashes here or there. Kenneth Fareed's old, Derek Favors as a center. Uh, <laughs> De- Derek Favors having playing another playing a center at the four is not good and would kill our spacing. Uh, it, yeah. It'd be rough. Um, Tobias Harris is good. Tobias Harris, you, we, you might be able to throw Max at him and convince him if maybe people, other people are going to, you know, lowball him and stuff. But I have a feeling if of any of the people that Philly traded for, they'll probably keep Tobias Harris. And Tobias Harris is absolutely okay with being a third wheel in Philly. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he's also a very good fit there. So... You never know. Paul yeah. Paul Millsap's old and battling injuries. Miritich battling injuries too, but probably wants to be on a playoff team. Right. Uh, Dwight Powell would be interesting, and so would Julius Randle. They don't help with spacing. They're probably better bench guys, but you got you got to take a swing on some people. Julius Randle and Dwight Powell are both great rebounders. They would definitely help there. Dwight Powell's a 
pretty solid defender. Julius Randle, not as much. But, you know, Julius Randle, as I said, probably a better bench guy. Uh, good player, though. Good all-around player. Good player, but probably not what we need at the four position. We need... Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, in Magical Christmas Land, you need someone that can shoot the three, but... You also need someone that can defend because that's one of our biggest weaknesses. So, and Julius yeah. Randle just not a good, not a great defender. Noah Vonley is interesting though. Noah Vonley is very interesting and had a decent year with the Knicks. I think that that's a guy that you go after and hope that you can get him kind of on the cheap and see what he can do. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about Jamichael Green as well. Uh, you didn't, sure. you didn't mention him, but I didn't no. As I talked about with the Zion uh, talk last week, you kind of have to... When you're looking at a free agent guy, as if you're in a position that the Suns are, you have to take a swing on young guys that may be counted out or may be on like a couple of different teams at this point. Not necessarily completely. People aren't jumping at the heels to pay these guys. You have to take a swing... That's why you have to look. You have to look at like Jarrell Martin. You have to look at Jamichael Green. Trey Lyles is not very good and uh, probably wouldn't fit, but he'd be in that similar situation, but probably a couple of tiers down. Noah Vonley, been in the league a little, for a while now. Definitely been in a couple of different spots, but you know has started to look good. Looked all right in Portland last year. Looked not bad in the Knicks, so maybe you take a swing at him. Uh Frank Kaminsky, more of a center, too slow. That'd probably be pretty rough. But you you have to take a swing on these like younger guys, and obviously Frank Kaminsky not much younger and kind of older, but he's not that. He hasn't been in the league that long. Yeah, I see what you're saying there, and that makes sense. I want to look at the opposite end of the spectrum for a second too, and go back to Kenneth Fareed. Your comment about him was he's old. And I agree, but I think he might be a guy that we could bring in. I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm just saying it's possible. He, Kenneth Fareed is like a ferocious player that's just not that good. Very much like in the Rashawn Holmes mold. Yeah. Um, I, well, I should say Holmes is in the Fareed mold. But Fareed's a good rebounder and just a tenacious player and is going to bring that energy. And I would rather have someone like him than Jamal Crawford as like a veteran in the locker room. Well, Jamal Crawford's great to have in the locker room. But like, and I know Jamal Crawford scored over 50 in the game, like whatever. Fareed can still at least somewhat play. He can. And he's looked pretty good on the Rockets. Um, Right. I just think that he's going to be trying to get some sort of bench role on a better team. I don't think that. And I can imagine he would, but like I, I feel like if him we being overpay a... him, I could see him being like the Ryan Anderson of this year, Oof. where we pay him way too much. I mean, luckily we didn't actually like pay that. Anderson like the Rockets did, but I don't think that's a good thing. That's you don't want to get a guy that you pay pay too much. Sits on the bench and then you trade for nothing. Like Right. Well, I'm not saying we'd trade him. And I'm also not saying it's a good thing. I could just see it happening. I think, uh, yeah, I guess. But 
you gotta you gotta I I think you have to take a swing even on a guy like Bobby Portis who yeah like or other young guys like Frank Kaminsky too yeah Frank Kaminsky as not that much uh younger older guy four year player but right he's Booker's age no he's older than Booker he or, was drafted well, in the same he year, was Booker's right? draft class but he's older yeah yeah but you you have to take a swing on you know these guys that have been in the league less years you're they're more likely to be hungry especially if they've you know been counted yeah. out and i know hungry is a dumb word to say but you want someone that oh, has a right. work ethic you want someone that like is going to keep working kavon looney is another one that i kind of look at young guy we don't really know if he's good or not because he's played on a really really good warriors team yeah I, i'm not sure if he's a center or power forward I'm not sure if yeah. playing him alongside Aiton would be that good, but he's really worked his tail off and has like worked a lot, even though he was, you know... The Warriors didn't give him a qualifying offer. He No one wanted to pick him up. They picked him up again. Like, then he, like he's worked. He's been working to, you know, yes. be that type of player. And he's a good player now. But... Uh, I, I just am not sure if he's a guy that necessarily fits on the Suns with the rest of our roster. Yeah, that's true. I don't like. I want to be able to look at this stuff, but sometimes I'm just like, man, we got to take whatever we can get. That's true. And like, figure it out. I don't know. I guess that's just the the um, attitude I'm having. Like, just try. I just feel like it's going to be so hard to sign guys that. Just anyone who expresses interest, we should try to sign and then figure it out. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a, that might be a extremely pessimistic way to look at it, but it's the state we're in, I feel like. I mean, that's fair. Uh, you know, if Trey Lyles wants to come here because he likes Booker, then, like, you know, he's not very good, but maybe you take a swing. Like, you just have to take a swing at guys. You have to, but you have to also, like, try to convince guys to come and i mean we need i as much as we need spacing as much as we need that we need someone that can play defense and can rebound so bad and that's going to be so hard to get now let me throw out one idea quickly here okay and i bet you can guess where i'm going with this but we we have the 31 pick right yeah if brandon clark is available at 31 <laughs> Why not? Just try it. That's fair. He's a good shot blocker. He's a great rebounder. Not a great shooter. He's he's good finishing at the rim. I think he could fit what we do. Well, not not very good spacing, so that could be tough. He wouldn't he wouldn't start for sure. But no. Someone like that, though, I would be okay with it. Yeah, of course you would be. I think that's reasonable, though. <laughs> um, I think if we get Jaw, our probably most likely scenario is re signing Kelly and running out Jaw, Booker, Bridges, Kelly, and Aiden. And I would actually be okay with that. I like that lineup. I'm I'm okay with it just because, you know, Kelly played with a lot of heart and there was something there towards the like 
towards once we got into 2019. I just feel like there's there's just something wrong. We need that rebounding. We need... We do. And the other thing is we would have to keep TJ. And, I mean, I haven't heard anything about TJ leaving, really, lately. But, like, we would have to have him as some sort of bench option. Unless Josh Jackson can, like, turn things around 180 degrees. Yeah. I, I don't know what the consensus is, but I'm assuming that Josh... Or, I'm not assuming, but I feel like Josh might be moved. Even if it's for scraps. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It'd be unfortunate, but... I feel bad for him. So much potential. I mean, he still could be good. I don't feel bad for him because he's a millionaire. Well... And he is... Kind of sucked and... (laughs) Just talks smack on the organization, which is fair. But then also, like, has things like signings that he doesn't show up for and goes to birthday parties and said that he posts on Instagram stories, so... Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting. Remember when we thought Josh Jackson might play the four? (laughs) Or, no, let me rephrase that. Remember when Earl Watson played Josh Jackson at the four? Yeah, worst idea ever. I'm so... It was awful. I mean, I can't believe anyone thought that was a good idea. (laughs) Uh, but apparently Sarver did. Weird stuff. Yeah. So. That's, well, that's, I think that's, that's what we have for, for our options. It's unfortunately a little bit bleak. But keep in mind, John Morant's a really good player, and I would be super excited to have him. So, uh, I want to give shout outs. There's been uh, a few people who have been tweeting lately. Please keep it up. I love responding to the tweets. It's a lot of fun. So let us know what you think about this at Sunny and PHX Pod. And now we will move on to my favorite section of the show, the non-sports section. So as we mentioned at the top of the show, David is getting married very, very soon, and we're really excited for him. Uh, first off, are you nervous? No, <laughs> not at all. Okay, that's good. Just excited? Yeah, I've just... I've been ready for weeks. Okay, that's good to hear. But the next question... So, this wedding happens to be in Las Vegas. (laughs) We've mentioned this. We've talked about how we go to Las Vegas for Summer League and how we have some fun there. And um, I want to talk about slot machines. So, a lot of these slot machines that we see have interesting themes... You know, you see a lot of Game of Thrones stuff. You see, like, there's a Britney Spears-themed slot machine. There's there's some that are, like, western theme. Our favorite one is Buffalo. I don't really know why it's our favorite. We just thought it was funny. So, if you had to come up with a theme for a new slot machine, you were tasked, they said, you need to come up with a slot machine that's new, and we're implementing it next week. What theme would you choose? Well, obviously, I would make the Sunny and PHX podcast slot machine. Without a question. I mean, if if I'm asked to come up with a slot machine, I am, uh, I, without question, I will shill and try to use it as a promotion for the podcast. And people will be very confused. They won't understand. And it's okay. But they'll, they'll come to the podcast. So, 
you know, instead of like a buffalo or trying to hit like the toxic thing on Britney Spears or whatever, I don't know what actually the Britney Spears ones do does. All I know is I played it one time and lost twenty dollars, but had a lot of fun going because I think thought it was hilarious. But you do whatever. So you have to line up the Devin Bookers, obviously. Obviously. But there's also, like, a tier system. So, like, so Devin Booker is, like, the low end. He's our Lord and Savior, but you have to remember the, the Father and the Holy Ghost as well. So the Father being Steve Nash. And the Holy Ghost being the Chuckster. So, like... There's, there's like, different ways that the that the mini-games go once you get that. So if you get the Devin Booker, you know, there it's it's going to be really wet. It's just going to be splashing threes. And so, like, instead of, like, a 7-7-7 thing, it's, like, a 3-3-3 three, three, three thing, right? And there there's, like, something or whatever, and you, you got to play threes. If you get the Steve Nash, you're getting dimes. You know, passing times. There's some weird hair everywhere that is kind of strange. And there's a Canadian voice that talks through it. And no one really knows what's going on. You can't really make it out. You can just tell. Um, but you're getting dimes. It's all in tens. Ten, ten, ten. That's, I know, more digits than seven, seven, seven. But that's besides the point. This is the better, this is the better minigame that you want. And then there's, there's the Chuckster minigame. The, the Sir Charles minigame. And you have to line up one of each of each of his rants on the Phoenix Suns. So there's the cold nachos. There's the golden grannies cheerleaders. There's the parking. But then there's like the extra bonus one. And that's just the fact that it's a picture of Sir Charles eating a pizza from when he was on the Olympic team. So... That's like the main one, and if you win that, I don't. You win the entire machine. I don't know how you what you win, but you win something good. So there's that. There's some memes going on. There's a lot of big sauce action that always plays too much sauce. There, there's some Archie Goodwin good win. There, there's some of that going on. You know, I think there's like an eagle in the Buffalo game, so the eagle would be like. Would be Archie Goodwin and, you know, like, the the king would be too much sauce. Uh, I think there's a king. I don't, I'm, I don't remember this Buffalo game. I'm just going off of my, the top of my head. But it'd be very meme -y. There'd be some Draghi Bendy. There would be some... There, there would be the, uh, the non-sports plug would be one of the roles. And if you get the non-sports plug... You just kind of get, like, a bunch of jumbled numbers that don't make any sense. But, like, but it all works out in the end. So, uh, yeah. That'd be the Sunny and PHX pod slot machine. All right. Well, thank you for listening, especially if you've made it this far. We appreciate it. Tune in next week where we'll do the same thing again. Until then, go Suns.